Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Women Emerging podcast. I'm Julia Middleton, Director of Women Emerging. Every week I speak with women around the world of different ages and in different sectors about how they lead, because we need many more women leading in the world today. We explore how women lead differently and do it their way, which is authentic, fulfilling and highly effective. What happens when you're leading and you can feel yourself digging in? That's the subject of this episode. What happens when you do feel that sense of digging in and you know you're keeping on digging in? You're you're sort of inevitably going down a sort of dead end. You know you're doing it, but you're almost unable to stop. What do you actually do? I talked to Tara about this and, and she talked to me about the role of wit in in dealing with that sense of being in a dead end when you're digging yourself in. She talked about wit in the sense of quick thinking and she also talked about wit in the sense of sort of light humour, both of which have often been her method of undigging herself. So, over to you, Itara. Endlessly in our leading, we find ourselves often in situations where you can sort of feel the atmosphere getting heavy. You're sort of, you're weighed down by a difficult situation and, and actually you can feel yourself weighing yourself down with a difficult situation and and you sort of even know that this is a dead end where you're going and as a leader if, if you're getting heavier you know that everybody else around you is getting heavier so what do you do when that feeling happens <laughs> I think we've all experienced it now Utara you have this extraordinary ability to, I think, reframe the conversation, change the atmosphere, um, make people smile, and at the same time, they sort of, they cock their head as they go, yeah. The one I remember the strongest is when you talk to me about a line and a line being short or long. Tell us that story first, and in what context did you use it? Uh, come to the story. Yeah, it is the story of Akbar and Birbal. And in India, we grew up hearing a lot of those stories and in the context of uh, wisdom and taking some moral out of it. Uh, so one day, Akbar basically drew a line on the ground and called on all his ministers and he wanted to test their wisdom. And he said, how do you make this line shorter? You can't rub it, you can't cover it up, but you have to make this line shorter. None of the ministers were able to do of course, Birbal came up and he said uh, he just drew another line, which was longer than this particular line that Akbar had uh, drawn on the ground. And he said, there you go, uh, Emperor, your line is shorter now. Um, and that story I've always carried with me because I feel in any situation, especially where you are trying to make a point, it could be with your board, it could be with also your team members. And if you keep looking at the problem, and trying to solve that, which was the line that uh, the emperor had drawn, 
you will never be able to do it because you're like, oh, I can't rub it. I can't cover it up. I can't do anything about it. But the moment you say, can you do something in parallel, which makes this look like a smaller problem. Um, I use this also in, in the context of in conversation, you actually take your conversation to the Uber level. And this was uh, with, a, with a Kenyan friend of mine. We've had these long conversations about while you're speaking with somebody and you're not able to get your point through, you take your point above where you're speaking right now. And you take it to a point where they're like, oh, they don't even remember where they began, by the way. And that's what you do. It's a really good example, isn't it? That you use your wit to not to carry on sort of doggedly down this path, but to to jump to a different one. And in so doing, you lighten the situation. Yeah, also using your smartness, I feel. Right? Just be smart about it. Um, even during conversations, I feel, sometimes when you keep on arguing on a certain thing and you're getting nowhere with it, and I know some of most people say, okay, let's just agree to disagree. But then that dark cloud sort of remains, right? When you say that, I feel rather than that, it's just moving to making this conversation about something bigger than what it is already. And is it just wit? Wit could be, you can look at it like that. I look at it as a strategic and a smart move. Yeah, to lift out of there. You know, it makes me think of uh, an expression my father taught me because Sometimes, you know, you get into those negotiations and and over, I don't know what it is, anything, you're negotiating, you're negotiating, your head is coming further and further down into the situation as you lead a negotiation. And, um, and you get to that sort of point where you don't want to say to somebody, I don't trust you, so please put that in writing. <laughs> but you yeah. know that you yeah. have to and yeah. my father had a wonderful expression which was in god we trust everybody else in writing yeah. and whenever i use that expression everybody then smiles and immediately puts it in writing and yeah. it's sort of it 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 your point is firstly you lift people away from getting too entrenched but my father also had this thing of doing it with a with a bit of a joke. And it works. Which Actually, what your father was trying to say is that, you know, I don't really trust you, so let's put it in writing. But rather than saying it that way, it was just a wink-wink. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me more of these stories because I love them. So the other story that I remember is, again, of Akbar and Birbal, where Akbar announces that anybody who can stay in water, in the cold water in winter for the whole night, he's going to reward them a certain amount of money. And a person is able to do it. When that person comes to collect the reward, the ministers sort of jump in and say, oh, but how were you able to do it? How did you do this? And this person says that uh, at night, I looked at the lamp in the emperor's uh, palace and I got the confidence because of that. And they said, oh, this is cheating. This person actually got the warmth from this lamp, which was almost a kilometer away. And they said, no, emperor, you can't give the reward to this person. And that person was very disappointed and leaves. But Birbal had this idea of saying, how do I make these people see, in a way, almost give them a lesson and invites them all for a meal to his house. All of them reach and Birbal is not serving them the meal. 
So they get impatient and say, what's going on, Birbal? How come, you know, the meal is not yet ready? He says, oh, it's still cooking. And he makes them wait for hours together. And finally, they all lose their patience and say, we want to see where it's getting cooked. And he takes them to a place where the pot of food is actually on top of a tree and the fire is below. So all of them pounce on him saying, how dare you? How could you do this? Are you nuts? How will it get cooked? It's so far away. And then Birbal says, oh, but you said that the person who was in the cold water looking at the lamp from the uh, emperor's uh, palace, that he was able to get the warmth. I thought that could apply here as well. So in a way, all of them, they understood their mistake. And the emperor, of course, realized that I think the emperor always knew, but he knew that Birbal would also give the other ministers a lesson. And that's what ended up happening. So making it lighter to give the lesson rather than Birbal could have easily said, "Are you? what are you people saying? You know, do you think this person who deserves the reward could have got the warmth a kilometer away? Rather than just saying it out loud that way, the way that your father also made it light, Birbal decided to show it in a, in a different way. And how does all this translate into how you lead the... Um, I feel sometimes rather than just saying things constantly and being dogged about it, you have to bring in a little bit of humor. You have to become a little light and also have to give examples outside of the box. And also trigger people to think differently. And it's very situational. It could be while you're talking to your team members or while you're with your board members or anywhere, any situation, that how do you bring in a different perspective uh, so that people remember these stories also? It's interesting, isn't it? Because we've become so convinced, everybody involved in women emerging, that leading is about generating energy. And and what you say is fits it too, doesn't it? That there comes a point where energy sometimes gets sort of stuck. It becomes it, it becomes stuck or stale, and you get your head down and you just try harder and harder and harder and you get more and more stuck. And 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 the argument here is that you have to change the kind of you have to de- generate a different kind of energy. Yeah, you have to shake it up a bit, jiggle it a bit, saying, okay, you know, shake it off. And I, I feel we also do this in our facilitation, right? When people are in groups, sometimes we say that, shake your body, just get up and move around. Movement is important. That you move it around rather than just getting stuck at that point. And these are the kind of stories that you have in your back of your mind to just bring out and say, are we thinking differently? Are we doing things differently than what we were thinking about? Tell me about that. There was a story you used to tell me about corruption. Hmm. So uh, there was a king who really believed in his, uh, so King Krishna Devaraya, who used to believe in his team, in his guards a lot. And he used to say, nobody's corrupt in my kingdom. Everybody's perfect. And Tenali Raman, who was the, the king's jester, he decided to show that what the king was thinking was not really true. And one day the king was watching um, his entertainment and he said, no one is allowed inside. He has told his guards. And when Tenali Raman goes, the guards say, no, you can't go inside. And he says, oh, you know what? I'm going to go in. The king is going to give me a big reward and I'll share it with you, 50% for you. And then the guards become greedy and say, yeah, yeah, let's let's share the reward and send him in. 
when tanal raman goes in the king says i said nobody should come in and why are you disturbing me i order 50 lashes for you so trigger warning yes there is a, a bit of violence there but this used to be the kingdom from uh, centuries ago and then the the uh, tanaram says great thank you very much king can i please share this with the guards who let me in because i told them i'll share it with them and the king is confused he says what share share the lashes what do you mean and he says i just wanted to show you this and he ca- calls the guards in and asks them saying didn't i tell you that i'll share my reward with you and they say yes king he said he will share the reward and then in that way tanal raman basically showed the king that uh, what he claimed about his guards and his kingdom was not really true that there are uh people who are looking for opportunities and if there is an opportunity to be corrupt and make some quick buck they will do it but the lesson i take from that is basically saying that you always have to be vigilant as a leader you need to be aware of what's going on in your team and you need somebody like tanali raman in your team to sort of poke a hole in the system once in a while for you to see what is really going on so it's not only you who changes the 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 energy in the room but you you have in your team people that you know will change the energy in the room for you yeah yeah and i think you need to build that sort of with examples by yourself so you are being modeling it as well at the same time you're getting the team also to sort of see the lightness and also the seriousness in it at the same time So wit for you what does wit mean um wit for me so my character or uh, the person that i am i'm always looking for a learning in anything i'm always looking for i'm not just looking for those stories of oh let me tell you a story about an italian indian and uh, and a scottish man who went to the bar and this is what they did Yeah that's a great laugh but at the same time for me as a person i always like the wit which has wisdom in it and what i can take out of it so i also feel it's also dependent on the personality of the people who are hearing it and the kind of things that we seek to do uh, for me it is about the wisdom that is there within wit or through wit as well wisdom through wit i suppose the laughing too isn't there Yeah, of course. Like what you just said about your father's thing. I'll 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 definitely say that the next time lawyers are involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you always get that sense of, yeah, you got me. Okay, let's do it then. Yeah, exactly. So that's also there and it comes in many many situations and I think it's situational. In the moment with, right? But the danger with leading is that you dig yourself in, isn't it? of course all the time you get so serious about it and i i i'm i've been also uh in a lot of situations i get there um when i think about it much later i feel was that really did i have to be that hard in that situation could i have taken it differently could i have thought about it differently uh yeah we miss out sometimes on that on the laughter bit because of it I don't know if it's with you but certainly I get more entrenched if I'm tired. Well, sometimes it happens if I get really tired, I also tip over. So What does that mean? You tip over to what? 
<laughs> so it's even this that um, I'm so exhausted that I start laughing for no reason as well. And I can see only the humor in it. <laughs> so the, there isn't much wit at all then. <laughs> so don't get stuck. Don't get stuck, yeah. And I, it's a practice. I'm still practicing it. I don't think I've I've done it yet. It's still a practice. It takes time to get there. You, Tara, have you ever worked for somebody who you've observed just digging themselves in? Yes, I have. And I think most leaders do. By the way, I know very few people who use wit in their work. Very, very few of them. Why? Why? Because I would argue that's why you and I got on right from the beginning. Because of the wit? Yeah, neither of us took ourselves too seriously. Um, that is, I don't know, that is, I feel, being egoless. I don't know if it is about wit, especially. But most people who are trying to make a difference are serious. Because they're trying to make a difference. And to make a difference, otherwise you would be a stand-up comedian. Not that stand-up comedians are not making a difference. Of course, they are as well. But in a different way, people are not really taking them seriously in a way. And they are activists in a different sense. Here we are methodical about it. When you say social change, being a leader, you know, civic leadership and things like that. There is a reason you will be, if you are funny, that's where the witty thing comes. And if you're all the time funny, people are not going to take you seriously. And your work is not going to be serious. It will be fluff or seen as fluffy. And I feel that's why people are serious. After a while, you tend to become a little more witty because you have taken yourself seriously also. In your beginning days, there is so much of a doubt that if you make it witty, then you start doubting yourself that, is this all a joke? I feel as you have proven yourself to yourself first, then you feel confident enough to joke about it. Joke or shift the conversation. Shift the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I use the word joke there, but it is about shifting that conversation. Moving it to a level where you can make the people see what you mean. And it's a practice. It takes time. It's a journey. I know very few leaders who can do it from the beginning. Thank you so, so much, Utara. That was wonderful. The two lines are firmly in my head. With that sort of message, do not just fixate on the line that's in front of you. Stare at the line that's in front of you. Think of the other line. That other line. Ah, ah it was fantastic. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode too. It was, as you know, the 100th episode of this podcast. 100 weeks this has happened. Every Wednesday, 100 Wednesday. 
we um, we celebrated it last week by turning the tables on me. And for a change, it was me being interviewed. And in this case, interviewed by women from the first expedition. And I loved it. And as ever, learnt a great deal. I'm looking forward to next week's episode with more practical advice on how to lead. In the meantime, I send you much love, Julia. There's also loads more you can learn from other women if you go to our website, womenemerging.org. That's womenemerging.org. Over time, we are determined to redefine leading so that more of us can say, if that's leading, I'm in. 